Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. What a great treat to be with you. Thank you, Pastor, so much for the invitation to hang out here. Hallelujah. One of my favorite places to come because I'm always so refreshed, so blessed, uh, just with your service, with what God's doing in your midst, and uh, my heart's always happy. So thank you for the privilege of being with you once again. I've just come back to the States on Monday from Beirut, Lebanon. I was actually in three nations. I was in Switzerland preaching uh, to one of our partner churches for a couple of days, and then I went into Amman, Jordan, where we're establishing uh, a new life center there in Amman in the kingdom of, of Jordan, so I'm excited about that, but then I ended up in Beirut, Lebanon, and uh, so you saw on the campus there, that's what we uh, established after the events of 9-11, so we've been there a little over 20 years now, and we have that big facility we purchased in 2009. It was jam-packed with people worshiping the Lord, and uh, we're just so excited, so many people having believing moments, receiving the beauty of the love of the Lamb, and so we're excited about that, and I'm excited about today to be with you and uh, hear the stories of what's happening here in this place. I love the worship. I love the, the lyrics of these songs. I love what Pastor just shared about you all, my goodness, in the ministry that's taken place here with your beloved sister who's went on to be with Jesus, but just investing in our communion because of our union in Christ Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I think today we can all feed and really feast on the love of God in Christ. It's not something that we have to, uh, uh, you know, chase. It's something that uh, is, is revealed through the announcement of the gospel. And so I believe uh, today your heart's going to be refreshed and blessed and you're going to tell uh, somebody on your way out, I sure am glad I invested today uh, with uh, believers and to receive the word of the Lord. I know it's going to be great, too, as we receive communion uh, together today. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But first, I want to say thank you for being planted in the local church. Thank you for your generosity and all that you're doing. I'm excited, by the way, about this uh, uh, youth uh, event in June. I wish I was young enough to go on this assignment. It sounds fantastic. But those of you that are investing in the youth, this is the most really important thing I think we can do right now in our generation. This is what I'm doing now in my life more and more is investing in the young generation. It's so important and imperative because of the attack in our culture and in our communities and in our world at large. It's what I'm doing around the world. Uh, like at Kingdom Fiesta and all these events. So um, I'm excited about your church. I love the strength of your church. And I'm just honored to be an extension of your love and life. As you all know, the church supports mutual faith just because of your tithe and offering to the local church. I get to be an extension of you in other uh, places on the planet. So thank you for letting me be your voice and your representative around the world. It really makes my heart happy. In your life and your love, it really has made us strong. And as you can see by these uh, little video clips, we're still marching on for Jesus, and we're excited and delighted about what he's doing in us and through us. But uh, today, for a few moments together, I want to put something in your heart just to uh, give you a visual about the beauty of our communion and our union with Jesus. And as we partake of communion at the end of the service today, I want it to be a visual that just thrills you. This is the way you rid yourself of despair. This is the way you rid yourself of discouragement and depression and fear and anxiety, which we all have about many different things. You know, can, things can creep in and clutter our mindset quickly. And so we have to remind ourselves the truth 
of the gospel, which is Christ in you. And, and, and this is the beauty of partaking of communion together. You understand the revelation of what he's done for you and the union you have with him as his, as his son, as his daughter. You're in the Father's family, and it's a beautiful thing. I like to tell the story to paint a picture of Miss Mary when she uh, was interrupted by Gabriel. Remember, that's a story in Luke 1. You can read it. A little later, you all know the story very well. It's kind of in the Christmas narrative. But it's the idea that Mary's going about her own business. And then suddenly she's interrupted with a heavenly word. And sometimes uh, the best place for you to be is when you can yield to a heavenly word. When you can be interrupted from the routine of what you're thinking. And remember, Gabriel was sent from God. So he had a heavenly word for an earthly girl. Most probably a, a younger, maybe late teenage girl, whatever. Uh, but Gabriel gave her some information so she could position herself to receive. You know, believing is not just necessarily easy. You, you've got to understand some things to really uh, conceive what God says to you. And so Gabriel said, you're highly favored. The Lord is with you. See, these kind of statements... Uh, frustrate people because most people think they have to be good enough to qualify for something. Most people are always measuring themselves based on themselves, and so they live disappointed with themselves. But God's view of you is independent of your uh, limitations or your flesh failings. God thinks of you really graciously. His love toward you is so massive. And, and uh, so Gabriel tells Mary, your position to receive. You have favor with God. The Lord is with you. And then Gabriel gives her an assignment. You're going to conceive a son, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And so she has this conversation with Gabriel like, man, how can this be? I'm a virgin girl. I've not had any intimacy with a man. How can this happen? How can I conceive a son? And Gabriel gives her the solution. The Holy Spirit's going to settle in. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and quicken life in you, the Son of God. And she didn't understand the mechanics of how this could happen, but because she knew that she was favored and the Lord was with her. At the conclusion of the conversation, she said, be it unto me according to your word. And she conceived. And then Gabriel was gone. You know, sometimes we have an experience with the Lord and we, we sense something. And I like when I sense something. But a lot of times I have an experience with the Lord when I sense nothing. It's just a word that comes alive, and I'm believing, I'm trusting. And so what I like about this story is that when Gabriel splits, Mary's alone, and she doesn't look pregnant. She doesn't look great with child. And yet she's thinking about all kinds of challenges. How, how is this going to happen? But sometimes when God gives you a word, he'll provide a natural connection so your word can come forth. Remember in the word that Gabriel gave, Gabriel said to Mary, your cousin Elizabeth, she's great with child. And it was, it was, it was an impossibility for her. But God's done a work, you know. And, and so it says that Mary made haste. She, she, she got up and went. She, she made haste to go see Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth saw Mary, Elizabeth prophesied. She was quickened that Mary was carrying something. She was quickened and began to speak over her. And the babe in her womb, John, oh, oh John the, the Baptist, you know, 
leaped in her womb. Huh? Remember the story? And Mary prophesies over, or I mean, Elizabeth prophesies over Mary. There shall be a performance of those things told you from the Lord. See, this is why I think as believers in our communion and union, we have to be quickened with the revelation of what God, what has God said to us personally. It's very, very important to have a, a word that you know, that you carry, that, that's, that's come alive in you. So Mary decreed, I mean, Elizabeth decreed over Mary, there shall be a performance of those things told you from the Lord. And you know what happened next in the story? It says Mary sang. I tell you, the best way to rid yourself of fear and anxiety uh, concerning the will of God for anything is to let the word that you've heard be confirmed, be validated. This, to me, is one of the great strengths, really, of your church. This is what I've just heard about you through the testimony of your pastor. Many of you in this church identified as, a, as an Elizabeth character, so to speak, in somebody who is carrying, you know, the word of the Lord for their lives and trusting the Lord in a, in a very painful journey. But you, you, you were the encourager. I, I find in my life, uh, it's the Elizabeth character that's always come along to me when, when the word is not is alive, when Gabriel is gone, so to speak. And I'm just carrying something. And somebody sees something I'm carrying and, and calls it out, calls it forth, decrees something. Your church, in a way, your pastor, in a way, has been an Elizabeth character to me in my mission assignments around the world, the encouragement to come along and say, I see you're carrying something. We're going to help you bring it forth. It, it's a powerful thing. We all need the Elizabeths in our lives. They're very important to what you're carrying. But the assignment that God had for Mary was to carry the revelation of Christ in you. Christ in you. Can you imagine? Miss Mary is conceiving. And then she, 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 had to, she had a problem. She had to tell Joseph, you know. The Bible says that she was engaged to Joseph. But she had an uncomfortable conversation, I would think. Uh, how do I go to Joe and tell him uh, Gabriel came and Gabriel made an announcement and I believed it. <sighs> Elizabeth validated it. How do I tell him I'm carrying child? I'm a virgin girl. How do you have the communication? But God is at work. Remember, God put Joseph in a dream. God sedated him, put him under, gave him a dream, and talked to him and said, Mary's carrying. She's conceived. It's of the Lord. He's the Savior. Jesus is coming forth through. And, and, and Joseph was in a place where he could understand I like that guy, Joe, man. The Bible says he was a just dude. He was a righteous man, the Bible says. And to have this kind of courage collectively, he joined his faith with Mary. They had mutual faith to, to carry Christ in them and bring Jesus to the world, the Redeemer of everyone everywhere, if we can believe, if, if we can receive. So to me, this is a picture of kind of the new covenant believer. It's the revelation of the new creation, Christ in you. 
It's awesome. This is why you and I have hope today. This is why I'm not discouraged right now. Because I choose not to... I choose not to adhere to the world system thinking. I subscribe to heavenly thoughts, heavenly ways, based on the revelation of Jesus, who, who, I, who I carry in me and you carry in you. It's, 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 it's the beauty uh, of believing. It's the truth of communion. It's our union. We're in him. He's in us. Wow, you've got to be kidding me. But if you can believe it, if you can live according to it, it'll change everything about your thinking, your world, your day, your solutions, everything. Here's what the Bible says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Do you have the courage to carry Christ in you? Do you have the courage to live your life with a revelation that you're, that you're in communion? You have a union with the Lamb of God. You know, uh, in our world today, in our culture today, my goodness, it's under severe attack, right? Christendom, you know, believers, you know, they're mocked, they're shamed. You got to have courage today to be a believer. You got you to gotta know that you know that you know that you have a word that's to you. You were born again by the living word on the gospel of Jesus. Christ is in me. It's the mystery that's revealed. And, 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 and what happens is it puts you in a place to manifest the glory of the Lord at all times, in any environment. It's a beautiful thing. Galatians 3 Verse 27 says it this way. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, in other words, believed in Christ, immersed yourself in Jesus, you've put on Christ. You're in him. You're immersed in him, but he's in you. It's like, it's like a mystery that uh, I don't have words to explain. You are in him and he's in you. Christ is in you, and yet you're in him. You're immersed. Inside and outside. Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. Romans 13 says it this way. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill its lust. I tell you what. Every day <laughs> I've got good opportunities to live in the flesh. And sometimes I take those routes. You know. I've never found them fruitful. I've never found them fruitful. But in the frustration of my life or in the pain of the moment, I've yielded to fleshly things. I know none of you have because you're so supernatural in every way. But this gospel preacher has. But there's, the Bible says we can, we can live a life where, where you don't even uh, make a provision for the flesh. You don't let the, the lustful flesh, you know, have a voice, have an expression. It's a beautiful thing because Christ is you. But it takes courage to carry Christ is in me, and I'm going to live accordingly. I'm going to live as a believer. Do you know, uh, courage requires an encounter. Mary could never have the courage to carry Christ in her unless she has an encounter. To me, communion is an encounter. It's not a, it's not a tradition. 
It's not a ritual. It's the living word. Communion is our union. It's the revelation Christ is in me. And uh, courage requires this, this kind of an encounter where you have a word. You have a revelation with the living word. Jesus. So you can believe Jesus. So you can receive Jesus. So you can live out your life Jesus. That he is expressed in you. He's expressed through you. Think of, uh, think of Mary and Joseph for a moment. You think you got struggles or troubles. You guys got a good life in Alexandria. You, you've got a great life. Uh, you got a great culture. You got great family structures. I tell you, I, I, we're, we're in California, it's, it's nuts. What they teach the kids is nuts. It's anti-Christ. It's, it's, the world's gone crazy. And, and uh, <laughs> it, it, takes, it takes courage to stand amidst the crazy culture and say, thanks, but no thanks. Christ is in me. I'm a believer. I'm going to have the courage to carry the revelation of Christ in me all over the world. And that, not just in our American culture, but I mean the cultures of the world, <laughs> like where I've just been. It's crazy. It's unbelievably crazy. The, the, the world's broken deeply, deeply. I gave uh, your pastor a gift last night, 100000 uh, not dollars, unfortunately. I gave him 100000 Lebanese uh, currency, Lebanese pound. Three years ago, when Heidi and I, my wife and I, we were in Beirut. We were there the week COVID broke out on the world. And that was the week of Kingdom Fiesta. We had to cancel Kingdom Fiesta. The government made us cancel everything. So everybody was hidden and... The place became abandoned. At that time, one U.S. dollar was 1,500 Lebanese pounds, the exchange rate. This last Monday, it was $1 to 110,000. So it was like devalued 99%. So I gave your pastor 100,000. By, by Wednesday of this week, it was $1 to 165,000. The world's nuts. Everywhere. Pressure. Pain. So you know what we need? We need to know that we have a word and we're going to have the courage. to care. Christ is in me. And then we need an Elizabeth. We need somebody to be with us. We need somebody to speak over our lives when we feel broken. This is what church is to me. This is why, you've got, this is why your, 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 your life groups, what are they called? Life groups, yeah. This this is what camaraderie and community is about. You decree over each other. This is, husbands, why you're important to your wife. Wife, why you're important to your husband. You got to believe that they're carrying Christ. Even in times of deep disappointment and deep pain. You announce to them in the brokenness, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Because your communion and your union proves it. This is your proof. It's Jesus. Jesus is your proof for everything. Jesus is your proof of your righteousness. Jesus is your proof of your sanctification. Jesus is proof of your power. Jesus is proof of your authority. Jesus is your proof. And he's in you. 
Do you have the courage to live a life where Christ is in you? Mary and Joseph, they had the courage to carry Christ in them. And then what the government didn't seem to like it, huh? You notice the government doesn't seem to like a lot of things about Christ and Jesus, the Lamb of God. Remember when Herod, the wise men, said they're going to worship the king? <laughs> Herod says, let me know when you find him. I want to go worship too. Remember that story? And then the, the wise men were warned, don't, don't tell Herod where Jesus is. And Herod got ticked off. The government gets and makes mandates and, and, and all kinds of wicked regulations, huh? And they, he, he, Herod was slain, you know, children, two years and younger, whatever it was. And so God warned just Joseph in a dream. Said it's time to split, lickety-split. Let's rock and roll to Egypt. They became refugees. It takes courage to carry Christ. Go to another culture, another world, another, another thing. And be ridiculed. And then down there after a season, God warned Joseph in a dream. Hey, Herod's dead. Go back to your hometown. Be a carpenter. Raise this beautiful child. And he returned. But it takes courage to carry Christ. It takes courage to say you're a believer now. It takes, it takes courage. You, you know, you're going you're gonna to find in these days and these months and these years ahead, it's going to take courage to be a believer. You know, I get my courage <laughs> through communion all the time, <laughs> usually every day. Yeah. Just the courage. Get up and rock and roll. Hallelujah. And I got my Elizabeth with me, Heidi, my wife. Hallelujah. She can speak over me when I'm discouraged. I can speak over her. No, we have Christ in us. We're not going to be overwhelmed about nothing. Christ is in us. And we have authority. See, our personal assignment is to grow in the revelation. Christ in, in us. Look at it. It says in Galatians 4, verse 19. Paul says, he says, says, my little children whom I labor in birth again... Until Christ is formed in you. You know, when Mary conceived, she didn't show. But Gabriel was gone. She didn't have the supernatural element of life. You know, most, life, most days in life is routine. It's humdrum. How many can say, yeah, we go through the routine. But we don't always have a supernatural experience. It's, I mean, sometimes we have moments in church or something where we sense the presence of the Lord or we're driving in our truck or something and we're worshiping the Lord and the presence of God quickens something beautiful and powerful about his love and redemption for our families or something and we may weep or we may rejoice. And I love those moments, but most times it's just, you know, we're going through the routine of life and, and figuring out. But the Bible says... Paul prayed that Christ would be formed, that Christ would be showing. You know, one of my favorite pictures of my wife, Heidi. Heidi's a beautiful lady. We celebrated uh, 40 years of marriage last uh, December. But, you know, um, we started Mutual Faith one year into our marriage. So this coming year will be the 40th year of our mission organization. So we've been doing this a long time. And I did it five years before I met Heidi with another mission organization. So I've been doing this 45 years. It's hard to imagine because I feel like a spring chick. You know what I mean? But I'm not. <laughs> you know, that's the, I realize that real quick too. But here, the thing is, 
Christ needs to be formed. My favorite picture of Heidi is when she was great with child, watering the flowers. I caught her by surprise. She's got the hose in her hand. She's watering the flowers. She's great with child, and she's looking off this way. Beautiful. There's a glory. There's, a, there's something magnificent, you see, in somebody who carries something. It's, 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 like it's like a believer. You can tell a believer who's carrying and a believer who's not. You can discern. You can know when somebody's carrying something. In the people we see carrying something, we need the Elizabeths around them. We need to validate what God has said to them and help them bring it to pass. Bring it fully forth into manifestation. Because it's all about our union, our communion with Jesus Christ. So there's always a cost to carry, you know, Christ in you. Because the more you're showing, the more you're ridiculed. You know, it's one thing to be a believer privately. It's another thing to be a believer publicly. It's one thing to be a believer in church. It's another thing to be in an environment where you have the pressures of the world. And you say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. You guys have at it. Christ is in me. I'm going to calculate my decisions on Christ in me. I'm going to live my life in the revelation Christ is in me. And it gives you courage. It gives you confidence. And in the midst of that, you find revelation. You find strength. You find wisdom. You find everything you need. It's a beautiful thing. You're going to like this verse. Look at this. Matthew 10. Or did I have that one? Maybe I didn't have that one. Let's go to John 15. This is a good one. John 15, verse 18 and 19. It says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Isn't that comforting? <laughs> if the world hates you, Jesus said, know that it hated me before it hated I mean, I, Listen, we're living in a time, the courage to carry Christ in us, you're going to have some resistance. Verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. I always wonder why the world never loved me. The world doesn't celebrate me. That's fine with me. I'm not, looking for, I'm not looking for followers. I'm just following Jesus. Jesus said, if the world, if you are of the world, the world will love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. It takes courage to carry Christ in you. It takes courage to take the cup of blessing and call it your identity. It takes courage to take the bread and, and, and believe that Jesus bore on him every bit of my failure. And he imparted to me every bit of his righteousness. And believe it, regardless of your own frailty or humanity or brokenness, and walk in the revelation of it. This is the way you become strong. When you awake to the realm of your righteousness, then your brokenness doesn't uh, visit quite as often. <laughs> you have victory over sin. The Bible teaches. You awake to the revelation of righteousness. You do it through the revelation. Christ is in me. I conceive Jesus. I've been born again. I'm loved deeply by the Father. It's a powerful Powerful thing. Go with me in your Bible to Luke 24. I have it here in my Bible. I'm going to 
turn there real quick. This is the story, you know, when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus. He's, he's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's been raised from the dead. And everybody's depressed. Everybody's sad. You know, when, 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 if you're sad about uh, your family, listen, I've got many reasons to be sad about my, my gene pool. You know, of brokenness, pain, right? I got many reasons to be sad and mopey about the government. Oh, my goodness, I give you a long list. I got, I got reasons to be sad and mopey about anything, but that's not where I'm called to live in any of those mindsets. I live in the revelation of the Lamb of God. And you find your joy to break this discouragement and despair and frustration. You find it in the revelation of the new creation. That you have a union through communion. Yeah. And this is what Jesus did. He broke up the conversation of despair. Read the whole story. We don't have time to read the whole thing, but it's kind of cool. You have to break in to people's environment and, and, and let them know Christ is in you. The way I do it in my household, I do it with communion. The way I do it with my staff, every time I meet with them, is with communion. The way I do it, I meet with pastors who are full of fear and broken. We're so blessed. And I'm crying real good. Hallelujah, huh? I believe it. Christ is in me. And Christ is in you too. Do you have the courage to carry Christ in you? Can you live the life of Christ? You just yield. You don't really do anything on your own. You just cooperate. He does all the heavy lifting in everything. He brings the resolutions. He changes the hearts. Why? Because you got favor with God. And the Lord is with you. You carry. Look here in Luke 24, verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with him. But their eyes were restrained, and they did not know him. You know, you're not to know Jesus according to the flesh. That's what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 5. No, no one according to the flesh, not even Christ. You know him according to the power of his resurrection. His redemptive life. And he was, he was raised from the dead. Now he's walking with two of his disciples, you know. It says, when he said to them, what kind of conversation is that you've had one with another that you walk, and you're so sad. I tell you what, when I'm sad, I take communion. 
When my wife is overwhelmed, I say, no, we're not going there. We've talked about it enough. Here's the cup of blessing. We're going elsewhere. The body of Jesus was broken for you, broken for me, and broken for this situation. We're going to eat. We're going to drink. Christ is in us. We're going to celebrate. We're not going to be sad. We're going to be glad. You can find in the story that's the shift in the revelation of the new creation that their union was in the communion. It's a powerful thing. Verse 25 through verse 27. Then Jesus preached to them. You should read the whole story yourself today when you go home and take your Sunday afternoon nap. Read it before you fall asleep. You'll really like the whole story. He said, oh, foolish ones, how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken, not the Christ who have suffered these things to enter his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded them. In all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Jesus preached Jesus. If Jesus preached Jesus, I choose to preach Christ. Jesus took the law, took the prophets, and he preached Jesus. It's the revelation of him. It's not the revelation of you and what you do. It's the revelation of him and what he's done. That's what communion tells you the truth of. It's Jesus. I love it. Look, it goes on to say in verse 28. Then he drew near to the village where they were going. He indicated he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's forward evening. It's toward evening. The day is far spent. And he went in to stay with him. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread. And he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he split, lickety split. He vanished from their sight. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? You know, I tell you, anytime I preach Jesus in the purity of the Lamb of God, it stirs somebody deeply. It always stirs me. He opens your eyes to see that you don't have to be sad. That life's not overwhelming. That you don't have to call it quits. That you don't have to live with angry revenge and retaliation and frustration. You can just set it at his feet. You can give the broken ones to him. Let him fix them. Let him do it all. I haven't fixed no one at any time. The only thing I've ever done of usefulness is point somebody to the Lamb of God and then become an Elizabeth toward them. So the dream they're called to carry can come forth. The assignment you have, precious friend, it may be different things, of course, for different ones. We all have different seasons in life. We all have different assignments. But all of them are important for your family, for your kids, for your world, for your business, for your business dreams, whatever they are. They're all important. And we need one another to bring them forth and make sure they stay in the revelation of that sanctified union that we have in Christ. And don't take the dream outside of it. Look at it says now in verse 33. So they rose up that very hour 
returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven who were gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed. He appeared to Simon, and they told him about the things that had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The revelation of Jesus comes many, many times in my life in the simplicity of the breaking of the bread. It's so powerful. It's so important. And it's the revelation that Christ is in you. Christ is in you. Do you have the courage to carry Christ in you? Sometimes I ask myself that question because I used to think, you know, when I was young, young like your pastor, I used to think, oh, you know, this, uh, this has got to get a little easier. I bet time I got all gray hair and I'm marching on, life's going to be just much easier. It's, it's not true. You know, every day requires me to trust Jesus. Every assignment in the nations requires me to trust Jesus. Everything in my life, with my wife, with my kids, with my grandkids, with my world. Requires me to eat and drink. And say, you know what, Lord Jesus? I'm going to have the courage as an older ambassador for Jesus. I'm going to have the courage to carry Christ. And preach Christ. Share Christ. And invite people to partake of the beauty of the Lamb of God. I know, precious friend, what you're called to carry is significant for you and for your family and for your world and for this church. Don't ever diminish any of it. It's all so important because it impacts people. Just like my heart's impacted through your love display to the precious sister. Wow. It's a beautiful Did y'all like the word today? Give the Lord a shout. Amen. Hallelujah.